You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. is to not be sure and when when you're not sure about something the best thing to do is to get some clarification yeah Get some clarification because you you don't want to be not sure about something and enter into confusion. You don't want you don't want that to happen because if you enter into confusion, you're not in God. First Corinthians 14 tells us God is not the author of confusion. God does not author or start confusion. He's not going to start you out being confused. That's not him. He's not going to do that. To doubt, theologically, is to be in contrast to God. You oppose what God is saying because you're trying to rationalize it. When you try to rationalize what God tells you to do, uh, it's a sign that you're you're doubting him because you're trying to figure out what's too big for you. God is omniscient. He knows the conclusion from the beginning. God is omniscient and therefore We have to remember what Isaiah said. Because of his omniscience, his mindset is higher than a human mindset. As high as the heavens or the first heaven. We'll just talk about the first heaven tonight, the sky. As high as the sky is from the earth. That's a long way. So that lets you know that, that, that God, his mentality is beyond anybody you know. Greater than anybody you, you know. If you agree with that, just wave your hand and say, I, I, I believe that preacher. We can't get to the point to where we feel as if we have to doubt. Or we wonder what doubt is. We need to always remember 
what doubt is, yes, based upon what some dictionaries say, but especially according to Scripture. Just want to go to a Scripture we've been going to, but I only want to consider one verse, uh, really a part of a verse. Go to James chapter 1 in reference to uh, what doubt connotes. James chapter 1. Just, just want to consider the latter part of the sixth verse. James 1 and 6. For he or she who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by what? The wind tosses the wave of the sea. That's what the verse says, and, and that's, that's how doubt is. When you're tossed, you're, you're here one minute, and then you hear another minute. So doubt being the wind can cause you to believe God one minute and something else the next minute. So whenever you're going from one belief to another belief, you're back and forth. You're doubting. It's one thing for something to come at your mind and try to make you go back and forth. But it's completely different when you do so. When it comes to your mind trying to make you go back and forth, but you just stay put. You're in God because you're not changing. You're staying in his will. God changes. And when you don't change, even though doubt is trying to move you or to toss you from one place to another, you're in the will of God. I mean, understand that. Very simple. When, when, when you allow doubt to cause you to go from right to left, back to four, that means you are doubting. You're not where you need to be. Look at it again. James 1 and 6. Latter part. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by what? The wind. You can't be that. You can't, you can't allow doubt to move you every which way. Clear? Now, the opposite of doubt is belief. When you believe, you just accept something that's true. And as a Christian, you have to accept that God's word is true. From Genesis to Revelation, it's true. 
Even if you ain't seen certain things with your natural eyes that you done read about in scripture, you still have to accept that is true. You agree? Now, if God spoke to folk in scripture and he changes not, He's still speaking to folk. He's still speaking. Because he don't change. If if God is his word, that means his word does not change. So if God spoke healing to somebody in scripture, that means he'll speak healing to us when we need it. If God calls abundance with just a little like with the few fish and the little bread if he calls abundance to come with little he'll still do that now. Because that was his, his word. How many agree with that? You got to, when you believe, you accept as true. It's true. And when something is true and you accept it, it'll free you. That's what Jesus said. If you continue in my word, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It will create something. Truth creates something. It'll create a healing. It'll create a miracle. It'll create battle. You can be in a state of worst, but if you just believe your state going to change, it will. Because you accept what God said as true. And the truth will make you. It'll create something for you. And God will create a way where there is no way. Somebody tell you, well, the only way you're going to be able to get a car like this is with good credit. Well, you don't have good credit, so God's going to have to create a way. You got to make such and such in order to get this right here. Well, you don't make that, so God has to create a Just because the doctor tells you that there, there is no cure, he really is not clear. There's no, no cure known to man. And that, now that's the only way you accept that. You, you, when he tells you there's no cure, your thing is, oh, okay, there's no cure when it comes to man is what you're saying, right, doc? And if he don't agree with you, you let him know. That's what that means because... God can do anything, say. You you can never allow somebody to tell you it can't happen just just because of their mindset of what their quote-unquote evidence suggests. 
You got to always have in your mind, God has the final. Yeah, you know, she got such and such and it ain't no cure. See, when you say that, you, when you say it like that, you act like certain things are final. When you talk like certain things are final, that, that means you may be a believer, but you are not a believer to the degree that you need to be. It's never over until God says it's over. Y'all all right? And belief, again, is the opposite or the antithesis of, of doubt. I'm going to show you what Jesus said about belief. Just, just one little verse. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 9. Mark 9. We doing all right, ain't we? Mark 9 and 23 is where we want to go. And since Jesus changed change not and his word change, changes not, I want you to put your name in this verse. Jesus said to him or her, if can all things are Who what? Possible means doable. It can be done. How many things? All things are what? Put doable in place. Same word. All things are what? When it comes to who? God. This is God talking to the person. All things are possible to him or her that Believe. But they said ain't no cure. Look, they <laughs> does not represent. Y'all gotta stay with me now. They do not represent with God all of what? They're doable. All things are possible are doable to him who what? You got to believe it. You got to accept that is true. And you got you to gotta accept it despite what you're looking at. I say you got to accept it despite what you're looking at. Or what you're dealing with. This is very, very important. If you can believe, accept it as true, it's possible. Another definition of uh, believe is to trust to be good. You trust it to be good. You trust it to make things better. You got to trust God's word to make you better, to make your situation better. When you believe, you just, well, I'm, I'm just, if I just keep thinking, talking, and doing what, what God been speaking, things going to get 
a whole lot better for me. And when, and when that's your attitude, when that's what you're putting in the action, it says that you believe. And again, when you're operating in that mode, all things are possible. God can do it for you. I mean, understand me. All right. Because as we go, we go further, I don't want you to start switching on me. Before we go any further, matter of fact, tell somebody, don't switch on him. He done took a lot of time with doubt and belief, so don't switch on him. Matter of fact, since this Bible said, let's just rehearse a little bit. Just, just say to your neighbor, you can't be like the wave of the sea. Just letting doubt push you around. Well, you have to believe. And when you believe, how many things are doable? And when somebody tells you it ain't no way or it ain't no cure, that's based upon man, not God. Why? One verse. Mark 9 and 23. If you can, all what? Or what? To him or her that? Yeah, it doesn't just spread it everywhere. Ain't that can be. Something can be done if it ain't God's appointment. I believe you ain't going nowhere until it's your time. I believe that about myself. You have to believe it about yourself. Before you mess around and go for God wants you to go. I want to go. I want to go. Yeah, because I know I got to go to go to heaven. I want to go. I just don't want to go into the appointment. Do you want to go? Oh, yeah, I want to go. You know I want to see them streets of gold. Not paved, of gold. I know the little songs say paved, but no, they, they, them streets, gold. And them pearls, amber, and all them other type jewels, they ain't glued on the doors. These are real. Ain't no glue there. Can't doubt. Can't doubt. And, and again, if, if something is trying to confuse you, just, just get clarity. You can ask God two or three times. But most of the time when God tells you something, it's going to be clear. It's going to be clear. Y'all all right? Now, contextually, or here in Acts 11, 12 and following, the Spirit was talking to Peter. And the one thing that the Spirit did not want Peter to do was to doubt. The Spirit was so clear to Peter 
The Spirit told Peter, I don't want you to doubt nothing. Why was he so clear? Because, because he knew that doubt was going to come to his mind. He knew doubt was going to come to his mind. That, that's just a part of being human. Doubt going to come. But here, the Spirit, and the Spirit equates God. Because the Spirit is God. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. Well, how is the Holy Spirit God? Do you have the Holy Spirit? Who over here got the Holy Spirit? Who right here got the Holy Spirit? Who over here got the Holy Spirit? Well, if the Holy Spirit can be in me and all of y'all, he has to be God. He has to be God. God is the only one that can be everywhere at the same time. The devil can't do that, but God can. Spirit told Peter again, doubt nothing. Doubt nothing. God told Peter, doubt nothing. Don't doubt anything. Well, why in the world would Peter doubt? Well, some folk, he done had a, he done had a dream, and some folk came looking for him in Joppa, and the folk who came looking for him, he didn't know him. He didn't know them, period. And, the, and uh, the folk wanted him to go with them, and he didn't know him. Now, you know, if somebody you don't know came to your house... And said, I need you to go with me. Now, if the Spirit hadn't told you in advance, you better not go. One, one thing I, I love about Peter that, that, that we, we have the same ability. When you are a sheep of God, you know his voice. Yeah, you do. You know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not what? Follow. Peter knew the spirit was talking to him. How many of you mature enough the way you know in the spirit of God? You know the voice of God. And you know he speaks directly and indirectly. I know some of you don't know it as well as others because you haven't been saved that long. But, but one thing... You need to know in reference to learn the voice of God is that uh, when God spoke to you the first time and you knew, I know God telling me to go, hold on to that because that's how God going to speak to you over and over again while you're Obey in him. That's how he's going to speak to you. 
that same way. Not no audible voice, but you're man, I know God told me to come, and I know that was God. That right there, you hold on to it. The way you heard that voice, how you felt and so forth when it happened, you hold on to that because that's how God is going to speak to you until you get mature. When you get mature, he'll start speaking to you through visions, through dreams, through other people and so forth. But starting out, you'll, you'll know his voice simply by how you know that he, just, just like if you were sitting in the church when you got saved and, and you know, man, I, God just deal with me. I got to go up there and get saved. The way you remember that, that's how he going to speak to you. How can you say that? The great, one of the greatest prophets in scripture, Samuel, when God first started trying to talk to him, uh, Samuel didn't know it was God and thought it was uh, Eli because that was, that was who he was staying with. That was his pastor at the time. And it sounded like Eli's voice. And sometimes God will do that. The voice that you're familiar with, that's, you, you will hear that sound. You will hear that voice. And that's another way to know. But the way I want you to really know is when he is repetitive with speaking to you the same way. Because that's what happened with, with Samuel. Because Eli told Samuel, go back and say this time, after Samuel came to him two times, two or three times, he said, this time you, you just answer him. You answer him as the Lord. But that same voice that he heard the first time was the voice that he answered to. He kept speaking to him the same way until he learned how to answer him. God will continue to speak to you in an elementary way until you know his voice as a babe in Christ. He'll just keep speaking to you in an elementary way. That's the reason it's important when you first get saved, stay, well, it's important even if you mature, stay in church so you can learn how to recognize God. And then another way you know him is that you just go to the scripture. Another way you just ask somebody to help you uh, if you don't fully understand that is mature in God that can, that can explain to you uh, his voice and how he talks and so forth. Just don't go to no crazy person. But anyway, getting back to the text. Peter knew the spirit told him ahead of time not to doubt nothing. Don't doubt nothing. That's what the Spirit told him. Don't, don't doubt anything. Because, see, even though he was going with somebody else, the Spirit was still going to be the one that was going to tell him what to do. Why is that? John 16 13. The Spirit was sent to the disciples, to us, in order to guide us into all truth. Don't ever go in any direction unless you know that the Spirit is telling you to do so. How many understand that? 
the airplane. He guides us into how much truth? But he told him, he's, he said, I don't want you to, the one thing I don't want you to do is doubt. You're going to be with folks you don't know nothing about. You finna, you finna go to some non-Jewish folk house. They don't, they don't do the same things you do, but I don't want you to doubt. And see, these were, these were Romans that didn't have much dealing with Jews. But these particular Italians or Romans had been talking to God. They believed, they believed that there was just one, one God. And see, that, and, and see, they had to be doing it privately because back then Caesar was, let, was telling everybody he was a God. And others was talking about how they were, they were gods. So they, they had many gods. Don't act like y'all ain't never watched uh, one of them movies about the Romans conquering this, that, and the other. And they were praying to all these statues thinking that that was a particular God. But these only believe in the one true God, our God. They were Gentiles, just like us, that believed in the one true God. But again, he told him, doubt nothing. Don't doubt anything. And so, because Peter obeyed the Spirit of God, we see what happened. These Italians received the Holy Spirit. They were saved. And Peter said, Lord, they acted just like we acted when we first received the gift of the Holy Spirit. They are speaking in tongues. They are magnifying and glorifying just like, just like us. Now, this was the second time he talked about it. This was after it had happened, but he, he's telling the council what has happened. And when he got to telling them how the Gentiles had received the Holy Spirit, notice what happened. A silence just came in the room. But then they began to magnify God, and all of them knew that God done fulfilled his promise. That the promise of the Holy Spirit was not only for the Jews, but it was for the Gentiles. But it all happened, the blessing, because Peter obeyed the Holy Spirit when he told him, go. Go. Doubting nothing. Go. Doubting. Go. Doubting Now, this is about, again, Peter obeying in order for other folk to be saved. But sometimes God will tell you to go, and it don't have nothing to do with people getting saved. I said, sometimes he'll tell you to go, 
And it don't have nothing to do with people being saved. You broke. But you know the Holy Spirit told you to go get a house. The market is unsteady. But you know how God is. His ways are not as the ways of man. And so he's telling you to go get your house. Go get your heart's desire. And you ain't got no money. But you know the Holy Spirit told you to what? Go drink some water so you can be healed. But it's, but it's a catch with the go. Doubting. Doubting. Water? I know that was God telling me go drink this water and get my healing. I know that was God's voice. See, when, when, when you get, the, don't, don't get the thinking on it to the point to where you start entering into doubt. Go, doubting what? Nothing. Go, doubting what? Nothing. I got to show you something. God have mercy. Let's go to, uh, to make it more real for you. Let's go to the book of, uh, I think I want to go to Matthew. Chapter uh, 9, I think, is where I want to go. Matthew chapter 9. I have really took my time dealing with this. Matthew 9. Y'all there? We'll start at verse 2. I'm closing with this. The subject tonight is what? Go, doubt nothing. God, I already started speaking to folk in here. I can tell you how some of y'all don't look. Woo, you got to go, don't you? All right, Matthew 9, we'll start at verse 2. Then behold, they brought to him a paralytic. Lying on the bed. Why was he lying on the bed? Couldn't walk, didn't have movement. Didn't have movement in his body. And that's the reason he, he was on the bed. Paralytic. Couldn't move. Could not move. So it had to be, be affected uh, his hands, his, his legs, and so forth. Because note, notice again the verse very, very carefully. Then behold, what's the next word? They. They what? Brought him. They brought Jesus, a paralytic, lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their what? He knew they had faith. They bought him in faith. He said to who? Now they had faith, but it, it was also going to take the paralytic.
Because the paralytic had to listen to the word and receive it. Faith comes by and hearing. Be not just a, but a what? Of the word. And when James talked about being a hearer and a doer of the word, he was talking about living by faith. Okay. So notice again. Uh, Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. Notice this. And at once some of the scribes said within themselves, this man what? So who was in doubt? Yeah. They didn't, they didn't take what he was saying as using God's word with what? Authority or, tru or truth. They took it as blasphemy. He ain't got no right to be telling nobody that. So obvious they didn't know Jesus was Emmanuel. God with us. And Jesus discerned their thoughts and said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say arise and what? And where he said, whatever I said, it would have happened. Arise and walk or forget your sins are forgiven. Either way, he would, it, it would have, same thing would have happened. But notice this, verse 6. And then I'm going to deal with it in more detail. He says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has what? Well, to do what? And he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed, and go to your what? And he and departed to his house. He arose and did what? He had to get out of his mind that before he got to the service, he didn't have no movement in his hands, in his arms, in his legs. He had to put all that behind him and just be ready to receive whatever God told him, and God told him, get up, go to your house. Go to your house. Get up and go to your house. And what did he do? And went to his house. You know he had to go to his house because if he didn't have in his mind to do that, he wouldn't have got up. See, sometimes God will tell you something. He'll tell you to go. And when he tell you that, that means you're going to get a miracle immediate. But it don't always happen immediately. You can't look at this scripture and have in your mind, well, if God tell me to go, that means something's going to happen. Instant. It don't always happen that way. 
Sometimes God can tell you, I'm going to heal you. I, I just need you to drink water every day at 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and 9 o'clock. So what does that mean? That means that it's going to be a process, but the same thing that happened in the text is going to happen for you. Why? God changes not. Whether he does something instantly or he takes you through a process, he changes not. If he tells you, look, I'm going to bless you with your heart's desire, but you're going to have to endure. That means no matter what you go through, in your mind ought to be, this is this is how I'm going to get my heart's desire. I'm going to have to go through some things, but going through some things is how I'm going to get my heart's desire. And sometimes God will put in you what to say. In reference to how you should go. The woman with the issue of blood got to the service and, and, and in her mind said, I got to go to Jesus. And, and if I can go and just touch his clothes, I'm going to be well. I'm going to be well. If I, if I can just, if I go to the service and just go and touch his clothes, and, and, this, and this is the thing. All kind of folk were already up on Jesus. But some of them who was up on Jesus were looking for him to do it a certain way or hoping he was going to do it in a certain way or just point blank doubt. This woman didn't look for one minute in reference to, uh, well, didn't let her mindset change no kind of way when she recognized a whole lot of folks was up on Jesus touching him. She just said, if I, if I touch him, I'm going to be made well. I'm going to be all right. You got to know the word for you. You got to know the word for who? You. You got to know. Man, don't thank you. You got to know the word for you. And it's got to be in line with what is written or revealed. How many understand? And the bottom line, whatever, whenever he tells you to go, you're going to have to go operating in faith. You're going to have to go operating in faith. Faith is the substance of things, the evidence of things not. You're going to have to go relying on nothing but the word. Because sometimes what you're going to see on your way to your miracle or what you're going to hear on the way to your, your miracle is designed to cause you to doubt. 
And if you're going to go, you can't doubt. If you're going to get the movement in your body the way you, you believe God going to give it to you, you can't doubt. If you're going to receive what you've been praying about, you can't doubt. I'm going to stop right there. Let's get the Lord hand praise.